Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I want to talk to you guys about a new survey where over a thousand people were polled and it revealed some alarming insights into how people engage in text based arguments. Texting, that's what that's what that is. Whom they argue with and their detrimental of uh, effects on relationships. I'd never heard that phrase before, fexting. So we've had job cuffing and we've had fexting. fexting. Yeah, we're just all over the board tonight, I, right? I mean, yeah, these are, man, I, I, I feel like New I'm, terms, man. man. We're learning something. My vocabulary, something every day. man, it's, it's on fleek tonight. Experts warn that fexting can have a pervasive impact on our closest relationships. All right, so take a listen to these numbers. 79% of respondents admitted to engaging in arguments via text, while 20% avoided conflict through phone communication. 47% have argued with their current or ex-partners through text, while 36% chose texting for conflicts with friends. The allure of texting lies in the time it offers people to consider their responses, according to 48% of respondents. Now, two more numbers to throw at you. 59.83%, so almost 60%, reported negative impacts on their relationships due to arguing through text. 592 found that texting actually prolonged arguments rather than resolving them swiftly. All right, so hear me out on this, okay? So arguing with somebody through a text is texting, okay? that That's news to me. It's probably news to a lot of you because we're coming up with all these random terms, right? But according to studyfinds.org, that's what that is. When you he- First off, how many people out there in the listening audience – Argue with their spouses or their significant other or girlfriend or whatever, boyfriend, through text message. 651-461-9226. And the reason why I ask that is because I actually think that the people that do are probably younger. I, I think that the, I think that some of this, and they don't get into necessarily all of the like the, in terms of like the numbers of the the ages and and all of that stuff, but I would think that those that are of the younger demographic mm-hmm. are probably more engaged in texting arguments. And the reason why I say that is because I know that I'm fifty. I'm a little bit more old school. I mean, I'm not old, but I'm older school. Like right? your, I'm not, your, I'm not, your I'm, mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, some young gun. I I just. I like talking to people on the phone. I have friends they don't talk. Like in terms of like if I if I call them, 
they don't necessarily answer, but they'll always answer a text. They're like, why are you Why are you calling me? Text me. But there's some people yeah. that we live in an environment today where people are more prone to text with replies and stuff like that than to have an actual conversation. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, that's just where, like, that's just the the culture today. Like, everything for them is a text. Th- they're more comfortable with the online messaging. But even arguments, though, that's the thing. Arguments to me, that's different. There's one thing to to, to respond to somebody or to reach out to somebody via text to ask them certain questions instead. But when you're having a a disagreement. If you're having problems in your relationship, I get it if you if you guys get into it via text, but at some point the communication has to alter and switch over from a te- a text exchange into a hey, we let's talk about this. Yeah, well, and here's kind of my question about this survey, and I'm just kind of throwing this out there. Depending on the severity of the situation, like if it's a serious conversation that you need to have with somebody then doing it face to face or some sort of verbal communication you know maybe it's over the phone maybe it's facetime whatever like that i feel needs to take precedent but if you're having a i mean people have disagreements over text all the time it just it, we get that it, it, it happens and but when people's feelings are hurt and it causes a problem in the relationship mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a conversation. That it doesn't always have to be face to face. But yeah, you got to talk about it. You, you, you well, don't keep texting about it. You do, but at the same time, it's like, what? What is? I guess I'd like to know the context of whatever the conversation. And a, a study can't, you know, it, it can't give us that. So, maybe, but I just gave it to you. When somebody's feeling down or emotionally, if somebody's emotionally hurt by the conversation via text, then that's where you step in and you got to talk. Like that's that's you you, you yeah, say you say I, I what mean, level when somebody's hurt in the relationship? Yeah, you talk about it. It could be over something that's petty, and and that's I guess that's kind of that's kind of what I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around. And I guess petty is it's subjective, right? What you know, I might think something is a big deal, and somebody else might think it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, and if okay, but if you're hurt by it. If you're hurt by it, let's talk for two minutes. But then, do do you say that in the text? Say like, "Hey, man, my my feelings are hurt. That wasn't cool." Or do you pick up? Is is that the point that somebody should pick up the phone and the person whose feelings are hurt should pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I, I don't appreciate this." You could tell through text, and you can communicate through text, and you can understand when there's an issue. I mean, I think we all get that. I, or, I, you, and, or you could call and say, "Hey, uh, do we have a problem?" Like we've, I've done that before. Yeah, and there and there are some people that they like to avoid confrontation. But and that's and, that's a big part of it. And, and that and that that's is the reason why, why text is so prevalent. You don't have that that direct immediate response. Mm-hmm. But the problem with text messaging, we've all known this, is that it's hard to pick up tone. Yes, it's very hard to pick up tone when you're just. That's why you call. That and that's why you call. That is why you call, and that's why I'm saying to you, Christopher Tubbs, mm-hmm. don't make it super complex. It's not hard to decipher when a person needs to step up and say, "Hey, um, 
I feel like I've offended you or I feel like you're upset or you're mad about something. It doesn't have to be a long-winded conversation. But, but I'm not see, saying you got to be on the phone for 10 minutes. But not every not everybody can pick up on that, though. If, if I send somebody a text, like, unless I would – I would like to think, and maybe I, I'm sure I've done it, but I'd like to think that I don't send a text or message to anybody with it intentionally meaning to be hurtful. I'm sure I have when I've been no, triggered. You, 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 yeah, you've, you've sent a text to somebody being a, being a tool before. Um, so, I'm sure. I'm sorry about no, that. No, no I'm, I'm, no, I'm talking about we all have. Oh, I'm sure that I, I'm sure that I have. And, they, I, and they've been able to pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I can't remember – a time that I have, even though I'm sure that I have. I mean, yeah, believe we me, we all I'm, have. Yeah, we all have. But then, and, and trust me, the people can pick up on yeah. that. And, and it's happened with me too. We all do it. But can they though? I yeah. mean, okay, yeah. Because I think because so. I, I, I don't know that everybody's capable of that. When, when you're dealing with people and you have a relationship, um, especially when we're talking about spouses mm-hmm. or like you, you have a girlfriend, you you know that person well enough. You know that person well enough. We're not talking about you guys who started dating over the, 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 the last couple of weeks. If you've been dating somebody for a year, year and a half, couple of years, yeah, you can pick up on a lot of stuff. Okay. Is it different for other non-romantic relationships, meaning a, a bunch of your buddies or one of your family members, like a brother or sister you know, no, it, I don't think the context of this the context of the relationship. It doesn't okay. have to be about anything like sexual or intimate. Well, or, no, I'm not or, saying or, or that. It's, it's just like the, no, the, the the connection that you've got with somebody. Yeah. But, okay. Well, you said your boys and stuff like that. I'm I'm saying it doesn't have to be about somebody that you're dating or in an in intimate. It could be it could be across the board. Just it's based on relationships. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what I'm saying. Do, yeah. do we do we look at you know because you're talking about yeah if, if you're in this relationship this romantic relationship and then i feel like that's where the primary focus of this has been but then when you step back and you're like yeah if you you know do you do you treat and obviously you don't send the same sort of messages i wouldn't i would hope not but do you treat it differently do you approach it differently when it's a sibling or one of your buddies or you know somebody that is not a you know, a romantic. This is how I this is how I deal with, with okay. stuff. Okay. Uh, and we can take some reaction at six five one four six one nine two two six. Is that I'm just the type that when you when you're texting somebody, you know, th- after a few minutes or after however, if your points if you're not able to get your point across or the person's not understanding it or they're coming back and you're feeling that they're feeling this up, then just somebody's got to pick up the phone. You're just you're wasting but, you're wasting time because because to me I'm like let's just cut to the chase. I want to get to the point and tell you. What's the deal? Yeah. Because you don't want to – like no one wants to go back and forth for 15 minutes on text. You could you could very quickly have the conversation. Yeah, it, it, it gets old. I know that there's avoidance though. I know that some people text based oh, on avoidance. Yeah. Some people hate that confrontation, and and I, I understand that. I do think there is some validity to that point too, Henry, where you know if they're talking about – you know, you you want to be able to think about what it is that you want to say, because sometimes if you're in the middle of an argument, it's hard to grasp your thoughts and it's hard to put everything together mm-hmm. spur of the moment. So, yep, I'm with you. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. Coming up next, Joshua Dobbs is going to start versus the Las Vegas Raiders. 
and you heard me last week. The entire conversation was dumb to begin with. I'll tell you why next year on The Lake Show. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I said it last week, I'll reiterate it, and I'm not shocked or surprised. Maybe some of you are, but the conversation around Joshua Dobbs not being the starter of the Vikings this week was ludicrous to begin with. Now, he played horribly against the Chicago Bears. There's no way to look at that performance and make any excuses. None. He didn't play well against the Denver Broncos either. Let's just call for what it is. He's had back-to-back weeks of not looking good at all at the position. After two weeks at looking more than solid at the position, he was the talk of the NFL, stepping in for Kirk Cousins. So two good games, two horrible games, and now you get Justin Jefferson back. Of course you're going to give him another crack at it. I, I People were talking. First off, Jaron Hall may be a good quarterback. They clearly have not seen enough from Hall to put him back in there right now. I'm dead serious. So so stop with the whole, well, J- Hall, man, we like what we saw out of him from one possession. You can't look at anything he did in that Atlanta game and say, oh, I was impressed. Wait, you didn't see enough. No, you, you, so, you saw a couple of drives. So just knock that off. Yeah. Secondly, Joshua Dobbs, I believe, is, is a backup quarterback in the National Football League. He's starting because we don't have anybody else to start. I tweeted, and he kind of made me look he made me look bad for two weeks. But I tweeted, I was like, there's a reason why he's moved around in the NFL. There's a reason why he hasn't landed a starting job uh, for a long time with the team. And I think we're seeing that now, the inconsistency. Yeah. But but Nick Mullins is not a starting quarterback in the NFL either. So you've got no starting quarterback. I don't care how you slice it. Nick Mullins is not a starter in the NFL. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, not a real starter, like a legit solid starter in the NFL. So, and Hall, we don't know what we have there. So my point is, is Viking fans, this is where we should be with the conversation about Vikings football. Yeah. Is who is going to be the person that will give you the best chance on Sundays to to win a game, and more likely than not is Joshua Dobbs still, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and – and that's okay. It's okay to say all of these all of these options are not great. It's okay to admit that this is not ideal when you're talking about a backup quarterback or a backup to the backup. You know, it's like talking about the assistant to the regional manager. None of it is going to sound appealing. But I think too as well, you're kind of looking for upside like who's got the biggest upside? I I don't feel a game manager 
is what you want at this point. Maybe you could say with the improved defense, but I think you need to have somebody that could go out there and has the opportunity, the potential to win a game for you. Joshua Dobbs. His athleticism gives him the edge up. It it does. It gives it gives him an opportunity to win a game for you. And and think about this for a second. Because of his experience, because of the fact that he probably has in terms of a grasp of the offense and, and concepts and winning winning to win winning to know how to check out of a play or check into a play, that probably puts him ahead of the game w- with regards to versus Hall. Now, with Mullins, they're probably on equal playing field in terms of that from an experience standpoint. Not from an athletic standpoint, but from an experience standpoint. But at the end of the day, all the people that are, well, let's give Hall a shot, I don't, I'm not there yet with that. I'm not. Because you're still technically in the playoff hunt, I don't know that you can roll with a rookie. If they would have done it, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Yeah, but when you got other people healthy. When you've got other people yep. healthy, I, I would not have had a problem with it. But at this point, yeah, like Nick Mullins has been in this offense. He knows the playbook probably better than Joshua. There, there's no question. But I think when you're looking, what is the overall – now the floor, I think, is going to be a lot lower with Joshua Dobbs because I feel like he's very volatile. Yes. He'll run hot and cold. When he's I agree hot, with you. you saw. When he's cold – He'll throw you four interceptions. Higher ceiling, though. Higher ceiling, absolutely. And, yep. and is that what you want? If And this is what Vikings fans have wanted from a quarterback. And, and hear me out. You want somebody that can go out there and, and that can be dynamic. The athletic ability is there. The ability to put the ball on point is not. We saw that. So how can Kevin O'Connell, and I think like Matthew Collar said last week and, and you said as well, he needs to take part of this blame because the game plan against Chicago was, it sucked. I mean, let's just be <laughs> awesome. Let's just be honest. It was terrible. Well, and at the end of the game, not being aggressive, that was, that was dumb. But it, it was. I mean, you're trying to make Joshua Dobbs, Kirk Cousins in the pocket. It's not who he is. So let's see what happens on Sunday. He said, when you've got Justin Jefferson, when you've got a healthy TJ Hawkinson, let's see what happens because you need somebody that's got to be able to go out there and make plays, might make good plays, might make bad plays, but he's going to go out there and make plays. And at the end of the day, when you're dealing with a backup quarterback, that's what you want, right? Like that's about the best you can hope for. And that's, that's what we're at. I mean, this it seems like half the NFL is dealing with backup quarterbacks at this point. Yeah. So the Vikings are no different. Which I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to get into that next. 651-461-9226. If there's one thing that we've learned throughout the 2023 NFL season, it's this. That's next year on the Lake Show. All right, right before the break, Chris had mentioned quarterbacks. Look, I think that what has happened this season with all the quarterbacks going down, including Kirk Cousins, is um, I think this year is the ultimate wake-up call when we talk about you got to have a good backup quarterback. You got to have a good backup quarterback. Now, now, we all know this, and this is never going to change. If you have an all-pro quarterback or an 
uh, a Pro Bowl quarterback and they get injured, you're screwed. Okay? Like, we understand that. We totally understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that when you look at just being able to get through and win, continue to win some games, you have to have um, somebody that can, that can hold it down at least for a couple of weeks. You look at what happened on Monday night in Jacksonville. Jaguar fans, they're lucky that Trevor Lawrence is now for the year. Like, that did not look good at all. Jacksonville, in the blink of an eye, that was their season. It it looked on that replay, I, I thought maybe we're probably going to be looking at like a, a broken ankle or just a, 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 a tibia fracture or, some, or whatever. Right? It didn't it looked, look good. It looked re- now, I, do I think he's going to play this next game? No, they're going to give him. They should give him a week of rest or whatever. But the bottom line is, it sounds like his season's not over. They should be counting their lucky stars for that. But most teams out there in the league, I would say, a good half of the, half of the league don't have good backup quarterbacks. If you have a good backup quarterback, you're blessed. You truly are blessed, and that's the one thing that the Vikings are finding out is that the separation between Kirk Cousins and everybody mm-hmm. else on our staff, yeah, it's the size of the Grand Canyon. It is, but I will say I think part of the problem with having a quality backup quarterback is that there's so much money that they allocate to the starters. Like starting quarterbacks nowadays are, I mean, they are getting a king's ransom. So it's not a lot of teams are spending on a contingency on a, you know, we might need this guy. So we're going to go ahead and they don't, they don't spend because they don't really need it until you need it. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, why are we going to, why are we going to spend $5 million on somebody that might not take a single snap? Like best case scenario this is something well, money that we don't need. You know why? Because nowadays you're seeing that more people are getting hurt. More guys are getting hurt, especially now that we're living in the age of when you get a concussion, you're out a week for the oh, most part. Oh, yeah, at, at least, especially early on in the year. It was, yeah, if, if somebody is out with a concussion, you won't see them for at least two weeks. For at least two weeks. And... and I mean, you've got you've got so many guys that you look at, and you're like, Jake Browning went off for 300 yards on Dude, Monday he night. Went off, and I mean, yeah, now former Viking, former Viking, yeah, who uh, you know had the the great night practice at Mankato, and then struggled in the preseason, and then the Vikings <laughs> cut him. <laughs> I mean, it's just preseason hero Jake Browning. He's your guy, but he's a guy that they that they drafted. No wait. They no, picked they, him up. They didn't yeah, draft they, him. Yeah, they picked they, him up. They yeah, picked they him picked, up. Yeah, yeah they, they picked, picked him he up. He went undrafted. But, I mean, think about the guys you've got now. You've got Bailey Zapp. The Patriots are a mess. And Oof. that's that's a shame. That's a that's a shame that the, that the Patriots are are really a mess. I mean, you got C.J. Beathard. Is, is Gardner, let me ask you this. Out of everybody, is Gardner Minshew, like, the best backup quarterback right now that's, that's playing? In the and, league? And, like, in terms of what they're giving – that because I mean Anthony Richardson went down, and Gardner Minshew 
came in and, and he's kept that team afloat. And I mean, they are squarely in the hunt for a playoff spot. The best backup quarterback in the league is probably Gardner Minshew. Okay. I, I would I would probably agree with that. Okay. I, I feel like everybody else um are, might be in that cast off. Is category. Davis Mills still with the Texans? I don't think so. So who's the backup to CJ then? I want to say Case Keenum. Okay. I I, I want to say Case Keenum. Um what's his name is in Pittsburgh. He's not that they're any good, but they've got uh, now they're actually well cuz Pickett's out. They have um Oh, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, former North Carolina great. Uh, I mean, yeah, CJ. I don't even know who the backup is for uh, for Jalen Hurts. I think it's Marcus Mariota. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I, I think Marcus. That actually be decent then. Yeah, I, I mean. Mariota might be the best backup. No, they're... well, no. No, no, i tell you, I, I got somebody better than Gardner. Who's that? Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston, who would. Yeah, I think the name was floated around for a hot minute around the trade deadline. Would you would you have been okay with tra- James Winston? Absolutely, as a member of the Vikings. If you gave up the same the same amount that you gave up for Josh, uh, Joshua Dobbs, yeah, 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 I, I would have for sure. I I would have too. J- Jameis would we, we we wouldn't have had the horrible performances in Denver and against Chicago. That Chicago that was god awful. Yeah. That was one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen from any quarterback. I, I feel ever. like I feel like Jameis. The athletic ceiling is much higher than Joshua Dobbs, but I mean, Jameis, what do you mean athletic ceiling? I, I mean, just I feel like he's a better athlete than mm. Josh. You don't you no. don't think so? No, no. Jameis is is never been the greatest running quarterback, and especially since he's recovered from the, the torn ACL. Mm-hmm. No accuracy, though. Jameis for sure, for sure. Really, see to me, Jameis, Jameis Winston. It's a guy that I could see throwing four touchdowns or four interceptions in a game. I wouldn't be surprised with for, either one. Well, yeah, back when he was with Tampa Bay, I, I mean, he, oh. he, he threw for <laughs> he, he threw for like he threw for like thirty five touchdowns and like had like thirty picks or something close to it. Yeah, I I think he you know he led the league in passing yards. Yes, but, that's what but, it was. But, but then but he also, also yeah he led the league in in interceptions too. So I mean, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe Jameis is the. You know what? I gotta now. This list might be old. Yeah, this backup list. Yeah, the the list is uh, list is old. This is from March, but it just had uh, Taylor Heineke and Jacoby Brissett on it, and Andy Dalton, and yeah, this is uh, this is an old. This is Jacoby's an old one. good though too. Jacoby Brissett, yeah, Jacoby Brissett is is okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I actually would have loved him here too. Yeah. I I wouldn't have had a problem with any of them. I I really I really wouldn't have. See this list that I looked and I just I just saw they put Andy Dalton as the top backup quarterback. Absolutely not. Okay. And Andy, then, Andy Dalton's not better than Jameis. He's not better than Gardner at this point, and he's definitely not. But who did you just mention a, a second ago? There was somebody else. And I said he, they're, they're they're pretty. Jacoby. Jacoby he's not Brissett. Than, yeah. yeah, he's not better than him. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett was number two. Number two on this list, followed by Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew at four, and then Jameis at number five. I, I don't know what the fascination is with Derek Carr at this point. I, I don't. He's done. He's done. I, I, I mean, you, you, yeah, you see the hits that he takes. Yeah, and that's the problem. Now he's getting to the point where 
the hits are starting to accumulate. I was going to say they're, like, they're starting like, to add up. Since he got to New Orleans, though, he wasn't taking mm-hmm. those kind of hits in in Vegas or in Oakland. But man, he has took some brutal hits. This that year. that line is is not good. And I feel if he's not pushing the ball downfield, like Derek Carr is a guy that needs his offensive line to give him time. And if he doesn't have that time, then I mean he's he's cooked. Like you said, he he's absolutely cooked at this. Yeah, point. I feel sorry for Derek Carr. Seems like the, the, he's one of the most likable guys out there, but it's just not happening, bro. Like I think I think it's I think it's about done. And yeah. he and he's not a guy that's gonna just hang on. His faith means so much to him because both the cars they're very much into the church. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy. He yes, he's a competitor. He wants to win, but he's got other priorities in life. Yeah, and I feel like there's... Remember, Derek, his brother got... What's the brother's name again? David. David got out quick. Yeah, I, those, I mean, those Those hits he was taking in Houston... Oh, man. Well, I, I, wasn't, he the, he was the, wasn't he the first pick in the expansion draft? Like, the first ever the, pick he, of the of He was the, the very Houston, first pick. Yeah, of the Houston Texans, and it just... I think... I don't know if he still holds the record for most No, no, he was the first said. pick of the draft. It was the expansion draft of the draft. No, that's what I mean, for, for an expansion team. For an expansion team. For an okay, expansion okay, team, okay. yeah, yeah. He was the first pick of the draft for an expansion team. So naturally, you're going into a situation where you're, you're going to be put in, in harm's way. And, and yeah, it is, it is showing that you do need a backup quarterback at this point. And you, you just need to have a backup quarterback that is going to be able to not lose you games at this point. And... I think that was the problem with that Monday night game that Joshua Dobbs, you could say Joshua Dobbs, as much as he won the game against Atlanta, he lost you the game against Chicago. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. 651-461-9226. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do headlines, and then we're done on the Lake Show. I'll just stop at the headlines here on the Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. Final segment of the show. We'll do headlines, and then uh, we'll ease into a little Miles Davis and uh, close things out. How about that? I like that. I like that. Speaking of quarterbacks, Hennepin County is doubling down its efforts to end homelessness and get help to people during these cold winter months. As temperatures drop and shelter availability is harder to come by, those living on the streets face extreme hardships. County planning analyst Aaron Wixton says their streets to housing team has adopted a new approach to their outreach, quote, kind of moving away from managing homelessness like handing out survival gear, socks, and sandwiches to sort of really be a triage, a person-centered, trauma-informed approach Mm -hmm. to identify why you're out here and what do you need to support your exit strategy out of homelessness. Now, Wixton says they're out there getting a look at what's happening now. Quote, we really need to look at people who are camping or sleeping in places unmet for human habitation. As an ask, much like an EMT would respond to a car accident as an ask, Right now, there's a couple of encampments that are larger. There's more spaces that people are living in their vehicles, you know, riding transit, things like that. The homeless population is up 24% from 2022. And as the country continues to combat the issue, the resources like shelter hotline and monitoring teams, they continue to stand by their goal to end the problem by 2025. Yeah, and you're right about the, the needs from, for people, right? Like, because there's various different needs. So earlier today, I encountered a gentleman in Fridley as I was getting off the freeway, getting ready to go to work out, and he was homeless. He had a sign, everything, and so I rolled out my window, 
and I gave them um, a few bucks, whatever. The people in the car behind me, you know what they gave them? A warm hoodie. So, so you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like like one person gives yeah. you a couple dollars, the other person gives you um, an article of warm clothing. So, like, because there's various different needs that people have. It isn't just one thing. Yeah. Do you feel like if somebody sees somebody else doing it, like they feel more inclined to do something? Like if you hadn't, maybe if you hadn't stopped and giving him some money, mm-hmm. if the individuals behind you would have, you know, been I'm not less sure. like, okay, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm I, not sure. I, I, I was just, I was just kind of curious. See, but those are the things I, like the hoodie. That's could, something because it could have been as simple as they saw it, like yeah. they weren't paying attention and they just saw our transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a transaction; it's just me giving it. You know, it's, it's not like yeah, I got no, something from you. I, I know what you mean, <laughs> but you I know, know what I, I mean. Know, yeah, I, but, I know. But, what but you our mean. interaction. Okay, yeah. they saw our interaction. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? You know, this is just something I can do too. So let me just give this. Nothing this nefarious gentleman. going on with Henry Lake and a homeless <laughs> man. No, you know, nothing like that. Hey, a poll released this week shows that younger generations, ages eighteen to twenty-nine, are less likely to vote in the upcoming presidential election than in previous years. The Institute of Politics at uh, Harvard Kennedy School poll found that only forty-nine percent of eighteen to twenty-nine-year-olds were definitely planning on voting for president in twenty twenty-four. That number represents a nearly 8% drop from the fall of 2019 when 57% reported the same thing. In 2020, roughly 50% in the age range voted for either Trump, Biden, or a third-party option, according to the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement. Now, if trends follow, even fewer younger Americans will cast a ballot in 2024, which appears to be a rematch of former President Trump and President Biden as polling stands right now. As for political parties, only 56% of Republicans reported that they would definitely be casting a ballot in 2024, a 10-point decline from 2019. Democrats remained about the same mark at 66%. Now, when it comes to what younger Americans are worried about, polls said they aren't sure of uh, any leading candidates can handle climate change, health care, gun violence, foreign wars, or other issues facing the nation. Let me just say this to anybody out there between the ages of 18 and 29 um, that fall within the range of this poll, not voting for somebody would be dumb. Yes. I, I just, you know that voting matters. So not voting doesn't help anything in our country. It doesn't. It's a privilege. It very, very much is a privilege. It, it just, it, don't don't be that person that's, that's not going to vote because you think in your in your mind, well, it doesn't matter. I don't and, like, and I don't like yeah. any of these. No, it ma- it all matters. Yeah, it, it absolutely matters. Hey, John Krasinski isn't really Jenna Fisher's love interest. He just plays it on TV. Just ask his real life wife, Emily Blunt. The actress recently. Yeah, the actress recently appeared on the Variety Awards Circuit podcast, where she said. The viewers of the sitcom have an interesting reaction when they see her and Krasinski out. Now, do you know how many people will still yell out, I wish you were with Pam, like when I'm walking next to him, blind-quipped, where's <laughs> Pam? I'm like, she's not here. I know. That's funny. Yeah, The Office ran for nine seasons. Now, during that, obviously, Krasinski started Jim Halpert, member of the sales team at Dunder Mifflin, who falls in love with a co-worker, Pam Beasley, played by Jenna Fisher. In real life, Krasinski's been married to Emily Blunt since 2010. His actual wife, though, has uh, no ill will towards his work wife, whom Blunt calls the best. 
She's one of our dearest friends, Blunt said. We love Jenna. Emily Blunt is stunning. Man. She is. No, she's absolutely stunning. Yeah. Uh, John Krasinski, he, he's blessed. <laughs> he's yeah. a blessed man. And he's funny. Yeah. I mean, he's a good Timberwolves reporter. And, I mean, he's really good on the office. And I mean, you got Emily Blunt. You get Jenna Fisher. Can you really go wrong with either one? I mean, let's be honest. Hey, kind of a cool story here, Lake, to, to wrap things up. Delivery drivers work hard during the holiday season, especially in an age where virtually any item can be dropped off at your doorstep. But if you find yourself staying in for a meal and opt for a meal from Pizza Hut, you might be able to cover your delivery person's meal at no extra cost. Hmm. That goes beyond just Pizza Hut drivers, too. UPS, FedEx, Amazon, anyone delivering packages during the busy season will be able to cash in a $25 gift card to Pizza Hut as part of a new promotion. Okay. Now, starting today, uh, customers can order what the company is calling a reverse delivery mat, which is a doormat that resembles a cardboard pizza box. It's not actually made out of cardboard with the words, leave a box, get a box. And a QR code. <laughs> leave a box, get a box. Hey, leave a box and get a box. And a QR code that drivers can scan to redeem a gift card code for, from pizza, uh, free pizza for themselves. Now, we wanted to uh, spread some joy during the season for delivery drivers, according to Lindsay Morgan, the chief marketing officer at Pizza Hut, in an interview. So if you're thinking of ordering one which comes at no cost to yourself, have to act fast. Mats can be ordered from shopatpizzahut.com, but the company is only giving out 50 mats a day between the 6th and the 10th. So that's a total of 250 mats through which delivery drivers can receive 4,000 gift cards over a series of days. Now, they can redeem their gift cards through the mats until December 27th. Morgan said that the company plans to give away $100,000 worth of free pizza for those delivery drivers. The $25 is enough to cover the cost of one large pizza in most locations, though the company is offering a $7 deal lover's menu, and its family pasta pair offers two pasta dishes and breadsticks for $13.99 plus tax. Now, to deter anyone that is not a delivery driver, those who scan the QR code will have to provide personal information, such as their full name, email address, and address for shipping. One gift card will be given per person, 4,000 total cards being distributed. Quote, we trust that by doing this good deed for our delivery drivers, people will not take advantage of this and allow those working countless hours this holiday season to enjoy their favorite meal from Pizza Hut. Do you like free pizza? Yes. I love free pizza. There's nothing better than free pizza. There's nothing better than free. We all love free, right? Yes. Come on. And I, and I, I, I like Pizza Hut. I like Pizza Hut. So uh, I, I, may, I may do that. No, uh, oh, you're not. A, you're not a fan of Pizza Hut. Um, it's better than Papa John's. My my favorite I out, mean, out of all those really is nice. Domino's, though. Okay. I I don't know. I, I I like the Pizza Hut pan pizza. Like that's I like the greasy crispiness of it. I don't, like, I don't I, eat much from those chains, to be honest no, with you. I, 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 I am a, I I'm either. a local guy, yeah. Okay, no, I, I don't either. Yeah, I, I... Lattice. Yeah, Plymouth. There's a... Uh, Highway 55. Karma Pizza, too. Yeah, up in uh, Plymouth as well. So, yeah. I've never had Carbonis. Never had Carbonis? No. Carbonis is good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got good pizza in this You area. like Black Sheep? Oh, Minnesota does pizza right. Yes. I did have that rectangle pizza like a couple months I've ago. I've had it, too. Oh, man, that is just... Where'd you have it at? Um, I, it was actually some leftover from here that I took home. <laughs> I actually went to the spot, you know, because they 
they um they have a rectangle. Well, at the palace, the palace yeah. theater, yeah, they have um the restaurant that's right connected to the uh, to the palace. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a rectangle bar. And they do the rectangle pizza in the full menu. It's it's really good. Yeah, and I want to stop at uh, like North Loop. I. I I do want to stop on my way home sometime. You just mm-hmm. order it, grab it, and, and go. We loved it. You can't so beat. Good. You can't lose a pizza luce as well. No, pizza luce is also good. Exactly. See, we, I mean, we can keep we can going. going forever. Yep. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Lake Show, 6 until 9. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.